Welcome to the podcast, Happy and Single. I'm your host, Joseph Anderson, and this is episode 76. You can find me on Instagram at, at the It's Possible Guy, and you can find our podcast Instagram at Happy and Single. And today I have the privilege of in- interviewing my, my friend, Elise Hurst. So I'm grateful that she's on here today. And, and where this conversation kind of started from is we were at a, we were at a group gathering just a couple of weeks ago and, and we started to have some really cool conversations. And so I, I thought I'd just bring her on and kind of see, see what happened. So Elise, go, go ahead and tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on here. Um, so I am a CEO of a company. I'm a singer. I'm a performer. I'm a mom. I kind of do a little bit of everything, <laughs> but yeah, I am definitely just a, a follower of Christ and just, I really like what you're doing on here. I I've listened to a few of your podcasts and I really admire what you're doing. And I think it's great. It's a great cause. Well, thank you, Elise. I, I really appreciate having you on here. I just, you know, sometimes you're just having a conversation with someone. You're like, ah, you know, we, we need it. We need to do this. And so the question I, I want to ask you, first of all, and then we'll just kind of see where it goes from there. But the question I want to ask you is, you know, I, I know, you know, I've, I've known your husband for a very long time. We grew up in the same in the same church unit. And but so remind me, how old were you when you got married? I was 22 when I got married. So you were, so you were pretty young. I was a baby. A baby. At the time, I didn't think I was a baby. I thought I was so mature. But now that I'm looking back, <laughs> on it, I'm like, no, I was a baby. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, I, I was, I was expecting you to say because sometimes, it's like, you know, especially. Um, Elise and I happen to be of the same faith and like sometimes in our culture people feel super old at even 22 because because we're just taught like oh if you're not married by the time you're uh 18 then you know you must be you must be doing something wrong and so I kind of I kind of thought you were gonna say that but but yeah so tell me what what is it that you wish you would have known when you were single that would have not only helped you have more enjoyment being single, but also even, you know, now in your married years, like what, what would have helped you? Yeah, for sure. And I've thought about this a lot. Um, when I was reading a, a little bit about what you have posted on, on your podcast and how you went from being miserable and single to happy and single, um, I just thought, you know what, when I think back on my single years, you know, the times when I was miserable and single, you know, thinking that marriage would make me not miserable and not single anymore. But really, the more that I'm married, I'm realizing, you know, if you're miserable and single, you for sure will be miserable and married. (laughs) Because, um, you know, and there's a lot of things that I, that my husband and I have had to overcome together and, you know, with help of a wonderful therapist and things like that. But really, I just wish I would have known, like, you know what, the happy you are when you're single, the happy you are going to be when you're married. You know, it's coming to my mind as you were talking is it's almost like, you know, when people get married, especially when, you know, not not saying that you did this, but when there's a lot of people that just get married for the sake of getting married because they do think it'll make them happy, and all they did is they they not only took their their problems that they had, their challenges, and their unhappiness, they just doubled it. You know, they just like they they just doubled their level of unhappiness because generally a person that is unhappy and desperate for marriage is going to find a person that is desperate. And unhappy for an unhappy, uh, you know, unmarried, you know, you know what I mean? Yes. And, and so we go about like think about it all wrong. I mean, the funny thing people don't realize, and I mean, I get, I get so many comments cause now I have, I have shirts for the podcast and like other things and, and people just see it and they're like, but don't you want to be married? And it's like, <laughs> it's just like a royal face palm it's like duh 
But the, <laughs> the fastest way to get married is to be happy and single. Yes, exactly. Oh, that is so true. And that's funny that they would say that to you. <laughs> oh, it happens. It happens all the time. I'm just, I'm just kind of used to it now. And, uh, you know, but, but it's true. Like the people that, so like in, in our culture, people go on a mission and oftentimes they come back and they, many people, they fall in two camps. They either want to get married super, super quickly, or they have no desire to get married. And so they just go off and start having a really, really fun time. They start dating. Usually the people that don't want to get married are the ones that get married. <laughs> because the other guys are putting so much pressure on themselves like, no, I got to find them. I got to find them. I got to find them. Where are they? Where are they? Is, that, is it you? And you're on a date and you're like, even mentally, you're like, okay, check, 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 check. Oh, nope get out. <laughs> yeah. And that energy, that energy is not fun to be around. <laughs> it's not, I, but you know, we have so much, we have so much thinking around. It. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, I, I have to do this. Why? Who told you that? I, I, I think more often than not, heavenly father is telling us don't do this. And the entire culture, you know, our, our church culture, our family culture, everyone else is like, no, just jump in, which right. has led to, you know, our, our church is now, they finally admitted that, hey, by the way, we're just like everybody else in the world. And the majority of our eligible members are now single. <laughs> I, I think part of that came because like, there was so much pressure for people just to go out and get married. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I definitely felt like, you know, that was what was expected of me. And so I did it and, you know, I, I was in love and I still am, but, oh my gosh, we have changed absolutely completely from where we were as people. And like, I often think, you know, it would have been a lot easier if we would have been, you know, established as individuals ourselves, you know, away from our, our family, you know, separate, you know, so, something that comes with maturity, something that comes when you're 25 or, or older, you know, into your thirties, you know, that would have been a lot more ideal to get into a marriage at that point where you are, you know, more confident in yourself and you're more, you're more happy in your, you know, in just who you are and you know who you are. And so, you know, you can do it either way, but I just feel like it would have been easier to do, to wait. Well, and even as you're saying that, like having known, you know, you and your husband, Chris, for, well, I've known you as long as I've, you know, since you came into his life, but I was just thinking, like, I, I remember, and this is weird because I, it's not like I sit and think about this, but I, I remember there were times that I'd see you guys together, you know, me and my friend hung out at the same pool that you and him hung out and you guys were just you guys really were like, you were just so happy together and just so <laughs> crazy in love. And, and what's coming to my mind is I don't think there's not a right formula for everybody to go off and work on themselves. And then the person comes around or to get married and then work on stuff together. And, and then things work out. I think it really is. However, we're led and guided by the spirit. Like yeah, however the spirit is guiding you to go. I mean, it, it seems from just the joy and happiness that you guys had together that that was, you guys both felt pretty good about that, right? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. And so that's the right choice. Mm -hmm. Like whatever we're like, we get into these boxes of, oh my goodness, I have to do it this way. I have to do it this way. I have to do it this way. Well, I think, you know, generally like the best movies never work out the way we think they're going to, <laughs> you know, the for, the formulaic ones, like we, we can picture that and they're not as fun, but th there's something about that of just trusting. 
like you trusted and you went forward. And of course, you're going to have your challenges. You're going to have your issues per se. Everybody is. But you guys, you, you, you just, I remember a saying that it basically said, you know, once, once you have married somebody, remember and believe that they are the only one for you like it never it never helps us to doubt especially once we've had that once we've had that feeling in the beginning like yeah this is my person it never helps us after that point to say is it is it is it (laughs) yeah that is definitely true (laughs) yeah i love that um not to change the subject or anything, but uh, the Easter pageant. I wanted to talk about how awesome you did in that. Well, thank you. And wondering how your bruised ribs are doing. The, the ribs are the ribs are healing. <laughs> They're getting there. <laughs> I really liked the podcast that you were talking about. That like you were, you know in such a rush to get to the gym, do these things on my to-do list. And then all of a sudden, like, bam, ribs bruise. You're like, what just happened? And just like taking, you know, making you kind of slow down a bit. And I think that's so important. It really was important. I mean, it was so important that I could enjoy that experience because we do, like we go through different seasons of life and it's like, no, okay, I've got to fit in everything. I've got to, I've got to fit in this. I've got to fit in this. Funny enough, I realized what actually caused it was this dagger that I carry around on stage. If I had fallen on my other side, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have bruised my ribs. Like I felt like the perfect way and the perfect thing. And, and, and so there really is something about that. I think we're like, it reminds me of this story where there's a man driving a really nice car down a road and all of a sudden a brick hits his window Mm. and and he gets out and he's like, what in the world are you doing? And the little boy's like, Hey, my, I'm so sorry. I I waved my wind. I waved and, and nobody would stop, but my, you know, my brother is sitting here bleeding and he really, really needs to get to a hospital. And the man's demeanor instantly changes. And he's like, Oh, well, hop in, let's go. And so often, like, the spirit kind of does this. He's like, hey, I'm right here. I'm right here. And we're so focused on living our journey. We're so focused on doing what we feel and oftentimes even what we fear. You know, you, I, I've talked before about this journey that I took of where I, I had this deep fear that I was supposed to be, you know, in a, in a certain profession. And it was interesting, the further I went down that line, so it was actually becoming like a religious teacher. And I feared that because that was what my dad was kind of, you know, he, that was what Heavenly Father had him do. And it's worked out amazingly for his life. And he's had some wonderful experiences. But I just always feared that. And like 10 years ago, I got the answers like, no, Joseph, not your path. But four years ago, I went down that path a little while. And it was funny enough, it was one of the darkest times of my life were just, I felt I couldn't get anything. And, and it took a lot for Heavenly Father to finally be able to say, Joseph, seriously, stop it. But we get in our head, oh, this is, this is what I'm going to have to do. This is what I'm going to have to do. And the, the times that I've had the biggest stop signs from Heavenly Father have been stopped. And, and another one was when I was engaged to a girl at 23 that we did not have what you and Chris had. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, there was like constant fighting all the time. And, but I just kept going forward I mean, to the point we were like unofficially engaged until, I mean, we had engagement pictures taken, we had everything taken. And then one day I just woke up and one of the places that I personally go when I feel Heavenly Father wants to talk to me is the temple. And I had a pretty awful feeling in the temple that said, Joseph, stop it. And and it's interesting because sometimes people would say, well, and I used to say, like the adversary speaks to us through these yucky feelings and the spirit speaks through good feelings. But I was wrong. 
the spirit speaks through both. Mm-hmm. It's just telling us like, hey, if you're feeling yucky, if you're feeling confused, it's like you're walking into a really bad neighborhood mm-hmm. and it's saying, hey, get out. But no, you don't understand. I'm supposed to go this way. And it's like, no, get out. But no, I have to. <laughs> what people don't understand is that that yucky feeling just says, hey, stop. And the good feeling says, hey, go forward. You can trust this. It's like, yeah. When I, when I look at you, I, and you know, I knew that you were on that journey. Cause you know, we were in the same church group together and, you know, I knew you were kind of going down that path that your dad did. And it was like, yeah, I could see why he would do that. But then it just also made me think, you know, is he just trying to be in this, this box that was set out for him? Or is he, um, you know, made for more, like, are you made for something different, more unique, more, you know, your, your thing and individualized for you. And so that's kind of what I thought about when, you know, I I didn't say it to you or anything, but it's, it's neat to see that you are discovering that individual thing that, you know, is more made for you. And I kind of had a similar experience too, that it really resonates with me. Well, and and it's interesting that you mentioned that because I, I think for me, it was simply wanting to do what God wanted me to do, but not understanding, hey, just because that was my dad's path and just because that's many other wonderful, wonderful people's path, that was not my path. And if it had been my path, like the more I went down that road, the more I would have felt peace. I mean, the only time I felt peace really on that journey was when I was told, hey, it's okay to go substitute. And, and I went and taught a class and did not love it. <laughs> like, did, not, did not love it in the slightest. <laughs> and so it was, it was that experience, but it was for a long time, it was so fearful. And one of the really cool things that happened recently, I was talking to my mentor and in the Easter pageant, we, we talk about kind of praying and expecting miracles. And I, I was talking to my mentor, Michael Neal, who's this like super world famous coach. And I just raised my hand in a group call. And then all of a sudden, you know, he called, he, you know, he called on me and I just felt I needed to talk about something different than the other thing I was going to talk about. And I actually talked about, it. I was like, well, I've had, I shared with him the experience of the, the seminary teaching, teaching path. And I said, and he's like, yeah, Joseph, you're about as clear as this is like anything. Like, I, I get it. Like you're, you are so clear and this is not your path. And then I told him, I was like, yeah, but I get these like tiny, tiny, like inklings and you know stuff. And I told him, I want it to go away for good. I don't want to think about this ever again. And he said, Joseph, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? what? And then I realized all that was, it's a person outside of the bad neighborhood that has a sign that says, don't go in here. Mm-hmm. So we start getting these tiny inklings and we want to freak out. And it's like, no, no, no. All you have to do from there is say, oh, not my path. That, that's just, that's, that's the very, very first warning. And the further we go down that path, because Heavenly Father can't give us peace if we're going down the wrong path. That's not because we would get confused. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. He's willing to let us struggle and willing. I mean, it was nothing short of just the most awful experience that I've ever had in my life for those three months. Mm. But he let me go down that path because he, he knew if he gave me peace at any point, it would severely confuse me. Hmm. And he can't give us peace where there is no truth. And I, and I, I feel like he also, he also knows that, you know, if you would have never gone down that path for three months, you would always be wondering, oh, maybe I was supposed to be doing this. Maybe, you know, he, Heavenly Father knows that, you know, sometimes we have to take a step in the wrong direction to know that it is wrong. Well, in, you know, and for me, I, I literally already had that experience 10 years before because, you know, my dad, my dad encouraged me to take one of those classes to become a seven-day teacher. And it was interesting because when I was in there, I, I received a distinct impression. Joseph, 
this is not your path. You are welcome to stay in the class, but this is not your path. And you know the funny thing? Like I am, I'm, I'm a really good people person. I'm a really awesome presenter. And I didn't even get invited to go to the next class in the other one. How interesting. I, I, didn't, I didn't even get an invite. Yeah. That surprises me, honestly. Like when I think about when um, we would be sitting in the same like congregation and it was like an open discussion, it was always so great to have you there because you always had just the best things to say and, you know, just really open people's minds. And, and so, yeah, that really surprises me, actually. Yeah. I mean, it, it surprised me too. I, I didn't even get a chance. Like it was just, it was just strange. And it was interesting, like the last journey that I was on, this was about, let's see, about four years ago. It was like, it took me, I I had a shoulder surgery about the same time. And it took me being knocked out on drugs for Heavenly Father to finally get through to me and say, Joseph, stop it. Seriously, stop it. (laughs) And I was like, okay. (laughs) It was. Isn't that interesting? Like, the drugs, whatever they did, you know, they, they yeah. made it that you didn't have any other thoughts going on or any anxieties or anything. And then he was finally able to reach you. <laughs> well, it was interesting because the day before that, it's funny, we're going down this road. I didn't really picture going down this road today. But, <laughs> um, so the night before, before I had this massive surgery, I, you know, I, I had a religious leader called the bishop come over and give me what we call a blessing. and. It, and it was interesting because I record a lot of these. And it was when I was a day or two later, I was drugged out listening to this. And I'm like, I mean, he actually talked about some of the missions and stuff and, and things in my life. And it was just, it, it was just as clear as, oh, that's not it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, was, it, it was just that clear. And it was the exact right time. And even along that road, like Heavenly Father had told me to ask specific questions, like, hey, ask them what they're looking for. We're looking for people that connect with people. Well, <laughs> that's totally me. And they would say, yeah. we can we could teach them how to teach, but we're looking for this. Right. And it was like, well, there's no way you're not going to want me. Because my, you know, other people's impressions and even, you know, my dad had kind of said, hey, if it's your path, it'll just keep opening up, keep opening up, keep opening up. And, and it was funny because at the time I had the experience, I actually did get invited to keep going. Okay. So it was, it was so important on that very day that I had that happen. That it was worth the shoulder surgery. It was worth everything else. And, and even what the spirit told me is, Hey, Joseph, I just saved you from a very long detour. Yeah. And, and I think so often, like, you know, that, so, you know, that's kind of one way to go about it is just go through lots of really, really painful and ugly experiences, <laughs> but it taught me so clearly how to listen to the spirit and what it really is. Good feelings mean go forward. Really bad feelings mean, Hey, stop bad neighborhood. And I think so often, especially in our culture, we're taught like, oh my goodness, I'm having this overwhelming feeling. Well, is it a good overwhelming feeling? No, it's just an overwhelming feeling. And I mean, I even had this beautiful experience, you know, this is probably only six months or so ago when I just kind of was praying for those things to go away, just those even tiny <laughs> inklings. And it was interesting because I, I saw the experience where all of this started from. And it said, and, 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 and then basically it was narrated by Heavenly Father. And he's like, hey, this is what happened. This is what happened. And this is the moment you freaked out. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's all that had happened. And then, you know, he could have shown me these are the moments you continued to freak out for the rest of the three months, but he didn't. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it was simply, it was taking the root and saying, hey, this is where all this started from. Let me very kindly show you what I really meant. But if I would have just understood, oh, hey, there's a really yucky feeling I'm having. But at the time I was begging and pleading for answers. And so I just kind of made one up. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, oh, well, even though right before this, it, I, I read that there's a scripture where there's like two scriptures in a row. It says, be patient, be patient, be patient, be patient. 
And I happen to open to that and I'm like, not good enough. I want some answers. <laughs> and the Heavenly Father had to be up there saying, oh, Joseph, are, are you sure you want to go down this road? <laughs> and I mean, I, and I'm just so grateful that you know, Heavenly Father like never left my side because there were moments during that time that you know, the adversary is super cruel and he, he just tells you, hey, because you're in so much pain that, you know, and, and I know there's some people out there that like don't understand this, but everybody has suicidal thoughts. And there were, there was a moment specifically that I remember that the adversary popped in my head and said, Hey, run your car off the road. This is all over. Mm. And I get in, <laughs> like, but, but, I, but I understand and know, like when we just get that, everybody has all kinds of crazy thoughts that enter their head Mm -hmm. because the adversary is not working on his 10,000 hour rule. He's working on his 10,000 year rule. Mm -hmm. He's been around a really, really long time and knows how to mess with us. And he knows how to get to us and he knows how to, he knows how to try to take us out. Yeah. I call it my, my inner critic. So like, that's, that's what I label it as when it's like, kind of my own thoughts. Like I know it's my own thoughts, but it's not the best side of me. And when I have those, those inner critical negative thoughts, um, you know, it's so easy to, to kind of give into it and kind of go down that path where it kind of leads you to, you know, the depression side, the, you know, having those negative thoughts side. But when I recognize it, oh, that's just my inner critic. You know, it doesn't actually mean that I'm not good enough. It doesn't mean, you know, this thing that happened doesn't mean I'm not qualified. It doesn't mean that someday if I, if I work on it, I, you know, won't someday be qualified. You know, it, it's just telling you that right now it's not right for you. Or, and, you know, so many times that inner critic, that adversary kind of attacks us, but it's like, no, it, this doesn't, this isn't anything personal of, how good I am, how worthy I am, how amazing I am, or how I could become amazing if I keep working at it. You know, it's more just like, no, this isn't the right time. And, um, or maybe not the right exact thing, but maybe a different thing that's similar could be better. And so um, I definitely, that definitely resonates with me with, you know, when you were saying those, you know, those thoughts and feelings that you were experiencing. Well, and one thing that I've realized, you know, along with what you're saying about the inner critic, I call it our, our crazy leprechaun thinking, <laughs> yes. is how it, there's no truth in it. Mm-hmm. It's like it gets, it gets real, like I'll do this sometimes with people where I'll play my guitar and I'll play an actual chord and there's a beautiful resonance. Now, if, if I just sit there and I decided to just get it out and show you. Perfect. So when, when the spirit speaks to us or, you know, if people believe in the inner voice, universe, whatever they want to believe in, um, it sounds like this. I'm hoping this is in tune. There's like that beautiful full resonance. So now here's what the crazy leprechaun voice or the adversary inner critic, whatever people want to call it, does. It tries really, really hard. It screams super loud. But because there's no truth in it and only truth can resonate, all it can do is fill us with fear and doubt and dread and horrible feelings. But it doesn't matter how many times I do that within less than a second. It's gone. Yeah. Whereas the, the spirit, it's for a long time. And especially if you have, have a really nice guitar, like, or especially an electric guitar with an amp. Like, oh, yeah. It, has, it, it lasts for a really long time. And so when we start noticing the difference between the voices, oh, wait a second. This is not coming from that. And, and then what happens also, like I, I likened it to, it's almost like the old back computer where we're given inputs from both the crazy leprechaun voice mm-hmm. and the spirit. We get to decide what goes in. We don't get to decide what comes out. I mean, when I've kept something in for a long time, because 
The adversary is the father of all doubt, fear, insecurity, any bad feeling. It's like you've ever, if you've ever seen that picture of like, it has the good feelings up here and has the bad feelings down here. There's like a you know, circle or something. Well, all the lower feelings are created by the adversary. Or, well, I mean, and, and then the better feelings are created by the Spirit and Heavenly Father. But when we start just noticing and simply saying, okay, am I having a good feeling? No. Okay, well, there, there's something about that this, this that there isn't truth in. I might just have to check it out a little bit. But once we just start to notice, like there's a cool scripture in the Book of Mormon that it says, and we heeded them not. So when I simply look over, you know, if there was a little kid in my room and like my niece or nephew or something, and, and they're trying to hide and it's like, I see you, you're right there, get out. That takes energy and that takes me out of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. At the same time, even if I do, oh, I see you, you're right there, get out. Mm-hmm. But if I simply just say, oh, I see you, you're right there. Yeah. It, it takes all of the fun out of him, out of it for him. And it takes all the fun <laughs> out of it for the adversary and all of all of his little t- all of his giant team that try to mess with us. That's true. I've never thought of it like that. You know, that kind of reminds me of something that I was doing a couple years ago that, you know, my inner critic was really, it was really loud. And, you know, I, I recognized it as a part of me trying to get myself to be better in some way, but I was just kind of turning it to the negative side. Like, no, you're not good enough. Like, Uh, For example, this particular example is with my singing abilities. And so, you know, I kept having that inner critic saying, no, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're never going to make it. You're never going to make it. But I decided, you know what, instead of because I can't get this voice to quiet down, I'm going to look for the good intention behind it. And so I realized that the good intention behind it was, you know, that that inner critic that's saying you're not good enough was actually a part of me saying, you know what, I want to make time to practice more so that you can become better, so that you can reach your goal, so that you can achieve your dreams. And so then when I started working on my talent of seeing more often, um, that inner critic went away. I no longer felt like I wasn't I wasn't getting that attacking voice. You're not good enough. You're never going to be good enough. You, you know, you're never going to make it. Um, because I was working on it. And so I found out that even though it was, you know, a good intention somewhere in there, I had to dig really deep to find that good intention to find out what is, what is it that I'm actually wanting to do so that I don't feel this way. And, um, so that's another exercise you could do. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that reminds me of a quote that people on this podcast are probably sick of hearing, but it's Vincent, <laughs> Vincent Van Gogh's quote that says, if a voice inside you says you're not a painter, paint and the voice will be silenced. I love it. Yes. All we have to do is start taking steps in the direction that we want to go. And it's really hard for, for you to tell me, just, you know, for, for the uh, crazy leprechaun to tell me, oh, Joseph, <laughs> you can't play guitar when I play every day. Like, it's, just, it's super hard for that. It can use stuff like, hey, you're just not good enough. This is going to take you a long time. But it can't say you're not a guitar player because I am. Right. It and it can't say you're, cause you're not a singer because you are. Now, I mean, one of the things that I definitely want to make sure we have time for, because I loved your version, you know, where this conversation originally stemmed from is you sharing with me your version of going down a lot of different paths and trying stuff. That didn't work out, but instead of freaking out like I did, you kind of just, you kind of just, oh, that's not it, that's not it, that's not it, that's not it. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I probably did have my freak out moments, but it was more just like um, I viewed it as, you know what? Somehow all these things, these random things that I've done, are all gonna come together and like culminate in some way that I would have never imagined. And so, um, but yeah, I had kind of a similar thing where 
Um, I was following the path of my mom. She was a teacher and, you know, that made sense to me. And I was good at teaching. Like it came very naturally. I barely even had to study when I was in college, which, you know, now thinking back, I'm like, I wish I would have challenged myself a little bit more, (laughs) but, you know, so I went down the path of teaching. I taught um, for a few years and then I started teaching music and it was really just like, you know, I was teaching this music to these kids, but I was like, I really want to be doing music and, um, you know, doing more performing. And so, um, I started off doing improv comedy on the stage, um, in our local theater. And then from there I started doing more acting. And then from there I started doing more singing. And uh, now I'm in a, a band, a jazz band and really, you know, thriving with that. And I'm kind of able to, with some of my, my videos, I'm able to incorporate my comedy, my acting and my singing. And so when I find ways to do that, I'm just, you know, super thrilled. And then, um, also I'm using my teaching abilities with my business, which is, um, helping people with uh, adults with disabilities to learn how to work, find work and keep work. And so really I'm using those same teaching skills, but making way more money than a teacher ever did. (laughs) So, but that's not why I do it, of course. But um, it's just kind of interesting how, you know, my talents are all kind of coming together in a way that I never would have thought possible or imaginable when I was originally thinking, you know, I'm going to be a teacher like my mom. And so um, it really is neat how the spirit can lead us into something even better than we imagined. You know what I heard in that for the, for the first time is how every single path that we go down even if it's the wrong path, like we learn certain tools. Yeah, definitely. And then we just take all of those tools and combine them into what we want. So like, regardless of whether it was or wasn't for us to go down a certain path, it doesn't matter. But there are, there are things that we learn on each individual path that really do. They change our lives. And I've just, yeah. you know, and I'm just seeing that for this time of, you know, instead of thinking about everything that hasn't worked out in our lives, it's like, oh, this is added this skill, this is added this skill, this is added this skill, and it's and it's made us who we are. Definitely. I mean, there's the building blocks of what makes us us, and really, you know, you couldn't have done without those things because they led you, you know, to the next step. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no teacher like experience. I mean, going down my road, I had to learn so clearly what the spirit was and what it wasn't. And, you know, and and then just realizing, looking back, it's like, oh, that would, I mean, if somebody was going through that now, like I would instantly run up to them. Like if I saw somebody actively freaking out, like, (laughs) hey, whatever you're, whatever you're thinking about is not, you yeah and then and then who knows they might say something totally different but like what do you imagine them looking like if they're actively freaking out (laughs) (laughs) that's a good question i don't know i think i don't know you i mean it seems like you pick up pretty well on people's energy too and so like you can kind of just you can kind of just pick up on it and and it's interesting because I mean, the other thing that's coming up is when we just take steps in the direction that we feel led to, the next step appears. Like, I mean, you had no idea that you'd end up as a jazz musician Mm -hmm. in a a wonderful, is it a, is it a trio? Is it a quartet? I can't remember. A trio. A trio. That's, that's what I was thinking it was. And so like you had no idea. And, and maybe sometimes like we do have to go down certain roads to realize absolutely they're not for us. Because there, there's a really cool story told by a religious leader of both of ours named Jeffrey R. Holland that you know, they, they, were, they were stuck on this path and they, were, they came to a fork in the road and they were told to go down a path and about 600 yards in, it, it ended. Hmm. And he turned around and he pondered and he pondered and he wondered why. And then he came to the understanding that it was much easier for Heavenly Father to lead him down that path to say, hey, this one's not it. So he could instantly go back and get back on the right path. 
And I remember that, that story. I love that story. Yeah. Cause yeah, he wouldn't have known that the other one was the right path unless he had tried the other path to know that it wasn't the right path. Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, and, and it's interesting though, cause we still have doubts. We still have fears come up, but there's a cool scripture that says, look unto me in every thought, doubt not, fear not. God never speaks through doubt and he never speaks through fear. He'll speak through peace. And if he wants you to stop doing something, it's almost like a tiny shock. Like, stop it. (laughs) I I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but it's just like immediate, like, hey, no. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's so true about the, going back to the the brick in the windshield story, like sometimes it is like a brick in the windshield and you're like, okay, got it. Got the message. (laughs) And I think sometimes we go so quickly in life because we feel like we're behind. It's like, so last week we started, like I know there's plenty of singles and not just singles, but so many people out there that just feel like they're behind in life. Oh, if only I would have learned this sooner. If only I would have learned this sooner. You can't, it doesn't really help to beat yourself up for things that you, you know, you didn't know, you didn't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but last week I, <clears throat> I had this goal to write an album in 90 days and it didn't happen, but I did start <laughs> playing around with it. And last week I did end up sitting down with somebody and writing a song that was actually like half decent. Nice. And it was so fun. I had such a good time. And I think so often we don't let ourselves do the things we enjoy. Oh, yes. I mean, we know the adversary doesn't want us to have fun. He doesn't want us to enjoy our lives. Mm-hmm. He wants us to feel forced. He wants us to feel pressured. And like, I once asked a religious leader of ours, would Satan basically ever tempt me to go to the temple? And he said, Satan will do whatever he has to do to destroy you. And, there's, and there have, there's been people that have had their entire lives destroyed because they've gone too far over the edge. Like there is a balance is important, but most important is listening to the spirit, listening to those feelings, listening to peace and moving forward in that direction. Because it doesn't matter, like as Will Rogers said, even if you're on the right track, you're not moving, you're going to get run over. (laughs) What's that quote? I don't even know who said this quote, but it's a good one. The best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago, but the second best time to plant it is today. (laughs) I I think it's just an unknown unknown quote from like years and years, like Buddhist times, you know, like, but I, I love that quote. And I think so often we focus on, oh, I didn't, I didn't plant a tree today. I didn't plant a tree like over on Instagram. I, I have what's called the it's possible challenge. And that's what it's all about. And the funny thing is like, when you start doing some things that are really hard, it actually does take a lot longer sometimes than you think like learning a guns and roses solo. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and, and you get, and you get frustrated sometimes because you have to go back and, you know, relearn and like learn more skills to be better but it's interesting because at the beginning of this year, um, Russell M. Nelson, a religious leader of yours and mine, he's, who's also a world-famous heart surgeon, he's invited us to make resolutions. And for the first time in my life, I've actually kept the resolutions. And there's like seven of them, other than on Sundays, a few of them I don't do. But, and I've kept them every single day of this year. Nice. Now, and and go figure, I've gotten better at every one of those things. <laughs> go figure. Who would have guessed? <laughs> well, I want to I want to ask you, like, what, you know, what other per se departing advice do you have for, you know, people that are struggling right now being single? Like, you got what many of them wanted. You got the love of your life at twenty two, and I, you know, I saw you both at the gathering, and you're still happy and look look to be madly in love which just just so you guys know also happens when you kind of work in the direction of your goals and dreams and everything else like it doesn't matter if people are married or whatever that that's what fuels life you know so 
like I, I know you got all that, but what what advice would you have for somebody that doesn't have all that? Yeah, I would for sure just say keep developing who you are. Um, not not placing limits on yourself or, or expectations of different things having to do with age. Um, age is just a number, and I've put plenty of expectations on myself for different things with age, not necessarily having to do anything with being single, but, you know, with age, with how I can achieve my goals and dreams and, you know, placing those limits on myself and those expectations, you know, are very limiting and, you know, really not thinking of yourself as, oh, I'm this, I'm this old. So I should have been doing this, or I should have been doing that, but no, it's, you can do whatever you want at whatever age you are. Um, and you know, that includes being single. <laughs> but yeah, that reminds me of a line I wrote in my book. It's like, there was, there really is in the world. There's an artist that was like 70 years old when he started playing the guitar. Wow. And, and he went on to record and sell quite a few albums. Like, That's awesome. I love it. We do. We get in our head about being single or age or input, whatever else here whatever you're guided to do like there's a cool scripture in in a, the book of mormon in first ne- one nephi three seven and it says it basically says the lord will provide like he'll never give us a commandment and all a commandment is is a simple directive for your life it's not just the ten commandments it's not just all the other commandments it's a specific direction for your life that if you take you will prosper because he wants for us to be happy. He wants for us to be, I know some people struggle with this concept of being wealthy and if it's okay for that to happen. Well, there's a scripture in Romans 8.32 that basically says God was willing to give his only son. If he's willing to do that, then he's willing to give you almost anything else also, provided it's good for you. And so we have to stop stopping ourselves. And like, when we're given a direction to go, go. Like there's one other cool scripture come to my mind. Of, it's in uh, DNC 111.11. And it says, be ye as wise as serpents and, and without sin. Now, all sin means, one really cool definition I heard is it's simply an archery term that means missing the mark. Yeah, the more you miss doing your goals, the more you miss showing up, the more you're not going to get what you want. But so it says, be as wise as serpents and yet without sin. And I will order all things for your good as fast as you're able to receive them. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And and notice where it's put, because you you seem like you're a little bit at least of a numbers person too. It's 111.11. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't like, you couldn't pick a more numerically perfect place to put that scripture that's so cool yeah and and it's become one of my favorites so i mean our our question i think is more about just how how can i better listen to this inner voice in where i'm at instead of where i want to be because he's leading me there i'm just not there yet yeah and getting rid of the interference of the crazy leprechaun thinking inner critic adversary all that stuff (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it just and just moving forward yeah for sure i love that well and any other thoughts <laughs> um just yeah that you know when you do have those those negative thoughts just trying to find like that that good intention because you know we all are wanting ourselves to be better and sometimes we're just harder on ourselves than we need to be and so to find that good intention that softer more loving voice um instead of that harsh you know beating yourself up voice and find that good intention and then go with it because that's how you're going to achieve your goals and dreams well well thank you Elise. I, I so appreciate having you on i'm so glad that i i followed the direction i was like yeah you should have her on your podcast <laughs> it was funny because I thought about it probably, I don't know, between three and six months ago. And, you know, but it must not have been the right timing. And then, you know, we ran into each other and it was like, oh, yeah, let's, we talked for probably a good hour even then. And it was just, yeah. like, oh, let's, let's do this. 
Yeah. At least tell tell people how they can how they can connect with you, how they can get a hold of you, your website, social media, etc. Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm gleefully me underscore. And then on Facebook, I'm just Elise Hurst. Um, you can also find our band jazzona.com. Um, and hoping to be making it further on a, a national talent show here pretty soon. We will find out and I'm not allowed to say more than that. So <laughs> that's awesome. Wish me luck. <laughs> I think, I think you'll do awesome. Thank you. Well, well thank, thank you so much, Elise. I appreciate it. It's thank great you talking so to much. You. This has been yes, awesome. You as well. Now, if you've made it to this point in the podcast, I'd like to invite you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how you got here, but that way, if you ever want to get back here again, It's right there for you in your subscriptions. And if you haven't already joined us, one of the really cool things that I do that's free for anyone that would like to participate is each Monday morning at 10 a.m. Arizona time, I host a group coaching call for Happy and Single. Anyone is welcome to come on and you can even receive a little bit of one-on-one coaching time with me depending on how many people are in the call. Now, every now and then that schedule changes, so you can go to the website happynsingle.com to be able to look at the schedule and also to be able to find the link to the Zoom room. Now, at the same time, if you would prefer a more one-on-one type of coaching experience where you can sit down and share your hopes and dreams and and just kind of the stuff going on in your world. Then there's another option available for you as well. Now the bulk of my business is actually doing one-on-one coaching. If that's something you're interested in exploring, I've got a few spots open in my coaching practice. You can just message me on Instagram at the it's possible guy, and we can sit down and have a chat. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the world. I've worked with people across the world. I do everything over Zoom, so it actually makes it pretty easy. Thank you guys so much again for listening. And go out and live your adventure. Thank you.